Welcome back to this very special edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com, presented by Hameen Media, and of course, in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. My name is Jargo, I'm here with my favorite Huckleberry, but let's give it up for our guest today, hailing from the gem city of Dayton, Ohio, and the pro wrestling hotbed known as Ohio. With over a decade's experience of exciting audience, he is known as the paranormal, the systematic Eric Fallen. Mr. Fallen, welcome to the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. As is customary for first-time guests on the show, we always like to go back to the very beginning, before the paranormal, before the systematic, before the creation of Eric Fallen. What was it that pulled you into this world of professional wrestling, and where did you learn to run the ropes? Uh... Well, like many, you know, I grew up with it, watched it as a kid. Um, you know, it was a big part of my life, a uh, big part of my house, uh, household, you know? So, I mean, that's, uh, that's all I did. You know, it was just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling every Monday night, every Saturday morning, you know, every, whenever it was on, I was there, you know, uh, glued in front of the television. And, uh, you know, like many, you know, I, I grew up wanting to do it, you know, wanting to be a part of it, just didn't know how to get involved with it. And, um, I graduated high school in, uh, 2001 and, uh, I made it my mission to, this is what I was going to do. So I had, I, uh, I went out to Cincinnati to, uh, the HWA headquarters at the time with, uh, Les Thatcher. And, um, you know, I went, had an interview with him and figured out, um, all the things I had to do to, um, you know, sign up and, uh, come to the school and, uh, learn how to do it. And, uh, you know, he gave me the rundown and gave me a tour and, uh, introduced me to a few people and, uh, you know, off I went, you know, but, um, as I was, uh, saving up money to, uh, go to the school, um, I came across some hard times and, uh, you know, I had some car issues and, uh, you know, some job issues at the time, you know, I was young, you know, just figuring things out. And, uh, you know, unfortunately my, uh, all my money that I saved for wrestling school, I ended up having, uh, trying to get a new car. So, uh, yeah, it kind of sidelined me for a while, but, um, I think it was like two or three years later. Um, I hooked up with, uh, some boys, um, down, uh, Middletown and, uh, you know, they, they told me that, uh, you know, you're, we've seen some stuff on you, you know, you're pretty athletic, you know, we'd like to see if you want to come and be a part of uh, this promotion. And I went down there and I watched it and, uh, I think it was called, uh, XBW or something at the time. And, um, I was, uh, I was, you know, I was intrigued of wanting to get back into it. I just, you know, I, I just didn't know how to, I didn't know the right ways of getting back into it the way that I was told to get into it. Cause the way I, I was told the right way to get into it, you know, I, uh, I feel like I kind of got burned on that one. 
So as I was trying to save up money to, you know, go to the, go to a wrestling school again, you know, at the time I was still young, you know, these guys uh, gave me a chance to just come in here and see what I, you know, could do. And, uh, you know, get in the ring and do it. And, you know, as a young kid, you know, you very foolish, very, uh, ignorant. I didn't, uh, I, I forgot completely all about, you know, paying, you know, going and uh, spending a lot of money to, uh, get professionally done, get professionally trained. And I just figured, okay, well, I'm athletic enough. I can get in here. I can run the ropes. And I, you know, I, I know enough from what I've seen. I can get in here and, um, give it my, you know, give it my own, give it my best. And, um, uh, unfortunately <laughs> it, it took a long time for me to, uh, learn the business the right way and, uh, learn the ropes the right way. Well, uh, Mr. Fallen, Rick Vickery here. I was gonna say, you're talking about, you know, that journey to, you know, learning the ropes and all that. I have to say, you know, I had, I had heard your name, but it wasn't until August of 2018 at battle on the border eight that I had the privilege to experience your work firsthand. And I have to say, you know, I was immediately drawn towards the persona and really your work in general. It, it seems yeah, as if it, it was because, you know, it seems as not to cut you off there. It, it seems as, yeah. as if, you know, Eric, Eric Vaughn on the surface, you know, is that hard nosed, uh, you know, very few friends, loner type, but we really begin to dive deeper know into that personality you know what drives it it seems to be more about like shaking the psyche of the opponent and really consuming them from within and to kind of turn that on them i mean it, it's pretty intense and it had to be intense developing and involving that persona I, i'm really interested to hear you know as you were talking about learning the business the right way and how you began to develop the eric fallen persona and how you've made that evolve you know over your run well um few years back, um, I got invited to, um, come and work at a promotion called IPWA. And, uh, back then there was a guy, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. I think it was, um, Tim Armstrong. I think that was the guy's name who ran it. And, uh, he was, um, with a promoter called, uh, JT Thrush. And, um, you know, they, this was before the whole Eric Fallen gimmick, you know, I, uh, I was trying to find myself, you know, I was trying to find something to be different because when I, when I first got into it, I was doing this like little rave gimmick, you know, I was, uh, it was, it was something I, you know, used to do as a teenager, you know, I'd go to parties and raves and all that. So I kind of figured, okay, well I'll just use this, you know, and, and, and I'll, you know, I'll do this dancing thing and be this dancing gimmick, kind of like a Scotty too hottie thing. Well, you know, that was kind of running its course. It was, it was a little cheesy and, and I was just beyond that. So, you know, I went to them and I, I said, well, I, I need something different. You know, I, I want something different. And, uh, you know, he came up to the whole idea of, you know, let's, let's give you something darker, you know, let, let's, let's run with a darker thing with you. And he's like, I'll give you a week to come up with something. Um, if you can come up with something in a week, then, um, you know, we'll run with it. So for a week, man, I'm sitting here scratching my brain. What can I do? What can I come up with? Well, I was watching, uh, the crow one night and I got Eric from, uh, that character. I thought that was a cool, you know, the whole Eric thing. I thought that would have been a cool thing. And then I was like, well, well where can I get the last name at? And I'm, and I'm scratching my head. Uh, do I want it to be night? Do I want it to be some sort of Gothic thing? Like what, what, what can I do? And, um, I ended up, uh, walking around the mall one day brainstorming 
just seeing if I could get some ideas. And I came across a, uh, a skateboarding shoe called Fallen. And for some reason, it just clicked. And, um, you know, off, off to the races we went, you know, there I had my name. And uh, then it was up to me to try to create it as much as possible. And I knew I, knew I didn't want to rip off Undertaker. I didn't want to rip off Vampiro. I didn't want to rip off Muda. You know, but I wanted to take certain elements from each of these characters and put them in like kind of like in a blender and uh, put my own spin on it and see, you know, what could happen, you know, and a lot of influence behind Eric Fallen with the different things that I've done is uh, from the band uh, Rammstein, you know, like I do things with um, pyrotechnics, with these outfits that I created, with these masks that I've created. You know, so it's kind of like horror and sci-fi and uh, all that, you know, just bunched up into one. And there you go. You know, that's anything that I can do outside of the box or be different. You know, I strive to do it. And um, it's a constant battle. Well, I heard that you were you're a major Halloween fan. I, you have to use that for, you know, for inspiration as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, huge Michael Myers, Mark. And, uh, you know, I am. Um, I've taken some things from the Michael Myers character as far as the, um, you know, the, the, um, the anticipation, you know, how he, how he moves, how he walks. I've kind of used some elements out of that, but at the same time, man, you know, I'm a very athletic guy, man. You know, I've always been athletic my whole life. Um, been in gymnastics, been in martial arts. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I have that big man, persona about me where you know i guess you know it's kind of like a, the stereotype people think oh because i'm big i'm supposed to move slow i'm supposed to do things in a slow calculated you know way but at the same time it's like they're not expecting to see a, a big guy like me pop off and do cruiserweight stuff you know but um it's just one of those things where it's like i keep those in my back pocket you know when when it's time to when it's time to turn it up, then I turn it up. I feel like me and Eric just become best friends because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a skater boy and uh, The Crow is one of my favorite movies ever. So I, I think obviously I just need to uh, move to Ohio and become very good friends with Eric Fallen. Uh, Eric, you are now a part of a new promotion based out of Southern Ohio known as Future Great Wrestling. Uh, many of our listeners might be familiar with the name of the promotion as they've recently made some national headlines. The city of Hamilton, Ohio, where Future Great plans to call home, tried to shut down the show before things could even get off and rolling. Uh, can you share some details involving the city and why they would be opposed to hosting professional wrestling and how future great and Hamilton worked out these issues? Um, you know, I, I really, I don't understand really behind the details of why they tried to, uh, shut us down. And, uh, I don't know if it's because of maybe someone came through there a few years back and ran the territory and, uh, Maybe uh, they put a bad, you know, put a bad stamp on the town. I'm not sure, you know, other than the fact that it's an older community and with pro wrestling coming in, you know, into town and uh, running every week, you know, I think it's just kind of frightened, you know, the older community, you know, they're, uh, you got to think, you know, what it, a lot of the sport, uh, a lot of the sports stuff that goes down over there, 
you know, it's not a, it's not a week to week gig, you know, and like the kids come in there, they do their thing, they go home with wrestling. You know, you got to think these older, these older uh, folks living across the street and everything. I mean, they're worried about, you know, parking, they're worried about, you know, just certain things happening, you know, guys, uh, I, I don't know. I, I read the statement on what they were saying and some of it was just absolutely mind blowing, ridiculous. I've never even heard some, some of the things that, you know, they were saying on why they didn't want wrestling there. But, you know, my whole thing was, is, you know, if, if it turns out to be a negative experience, that that's fine. I get it. But at the same time, how do you, how can you put negativity on something if you've never experienced it? Let us come in there. Let us run a show. Let us run a few shows, you know, come, come to the show, you know, don't, don't bad mouth it. Don't, don't put hate or negativity on it until you've experienced it. You know, I get that there's promoters and promotions out there that, you know, they're, uh, they bring a lot of, um, negativity to them and they're not professional. You know, FGW is absolutely professional. Uh, we got the best talent in the state and in the country. I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, we got Cody Hawk, you know, the trainer of champions, the guys put so many people on the map, man. I mean, it's just a, it's just an entire roster full of talent. I mean, we got guys from all over. We got super Zeta from Mexico. That's going to be coming in, you know? I mean, I just, I just don't get it, man. I mean, we went over here and we fought this thing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And there was no guarantee in sight if we were even going to be able to run. But, um, I think what happened was, is, um, you know, we, we had a pension out, you know, to sign, you know, for, uh, people who, if, you know, we gave it up to the city. Do you want wrestling here or not? You know, we, we gave it to the city and, you know, we won the vote. We won it in our favor. You know, there were more people who wanted wrestling then, you know, more people who didn't want wrestling. And I just think it was just the fact of just an older community nervous and, and not sure of it. You know, they're not used to having that in their town in that area. So, you know, it, it was kind of, they were kind of reluctant on first, but I think at the uh, little town meeting that uh, we all had, I think with them hearing everyone's statement and understanding the insides and outs of what's going to happen there, I think it just kind of, uh, made him feel more comfortable to opening the door. Well, I was going to say, you know, just kind of add to like kind of let everyone out there kind of know about the, the dynamic of this situation. I think it was, you know, just a handful of individuals that had this idea to relate professional wrestling with like a mob or a gang mentality. So when actually future great went to meet with the city officials, you know, people came out in droves to show their support and they really got the picture that professional wrestling can be family friendly and it, it can be for everyone. And it, it was great to hear that, you know, that the city council, I, I believe, you know, they voted unanimously to give future great uh, a shot. So, of course, you know, the issues got worked out. And as of our airing here on the Hitting Mark Pro Wrestling podcast this evening, they're going to run their first show. It is dubbed Origins. And Mr. Fallen, as you were saying, you're not just going to be a part of that event, but you're going to be in a marquee matchup. I mean, you're the headliner on this thing, and you're going to be squaring off against, as you mentioned there, he's been a for, he's been a former guest here on our show. He's a legendary trainer. He's also a longtime rival of yours in Cody Hawk. I mean, how, Mr. Fallen, how can you how can you prepare for for such a spotlight, and, and what does this moment mean to you? 
I mean, the moment means everything to me, you know, like we're, we're putting a new wrestling brand on the map, you know, we're, uh, we're trying to, um, make people understand that, you know, Ohio has its fair share of, um, negative promotions. And we're trying to be one of those promotions that, um, can change the game. And, you know, we, we have all the right tools. We have all the right people in place to do it. I mean, Cody, me and Cody go back a long time. I mean, when I was, um, like I said, when I was a kid and I started to come, um, to HWA and I was watching the shows, Cody Hawk was the guy that was down there, you know, the underdog, you know, he was down there, um, taking on WWE and WCW superstars. And I was just mind blown on how this guy, I've never heard of this guy, you know, cause I've never seen him on TV or anything, but the fact that he was the guy of Cincinnati, the guy of that company and he was holding his own, I was inspired. And, um, you know, a few years after that, you know, he, uh, he tucked me underneath his wing and was showing me the ropes and, uh, you know, he, um, he pretty much, I've learned so much from him and I've also taught him some things, you know, we've, we've been in, we've been in many battles everywhere we've went, any company we went to. We've always locked it up. We've always did that. We've even had some Ironman matches in the past. I mean, Cody to me is the top of the measuring stick. I mean, he brings the best out of people. And I mean, if you can't, if you can't get in the ring and hang with him, you know, he's going to eat you up. But the thing is, is that me and Cody, we go back so far that this match right here, this is going to be the match that tops every other match we've ever had with each other. He's going to bring his best. I'm going to bring my best. We know what we can do in that ring. We know what kind of chemistry we have. And honestly, it's a special, special match. It's a teacher versus student, you know? I mean, how much more, you know, story can you get? I mean, we're going we're gonna to go out there tomorrow night and we're going to tear it down. Speaking of preparation and big moments, you've had plenty of experience to do so in situations that most of us could only begin to dream of. You've rubbed elbows with some pretty big names inside of the business. In fact, you work with world classic big time wrestling, rubbing elbows with some absolute legends. World classic big time is owned by one half of the Fantastics, Mr. Bobby Fulton, and he regularly, as well as many other legends, appear on the shows. Tell us a little bit about your experiences there and what future dates you have coming up with the company um i've had a lot of great experiences there i mean the whole thing's been a an opportunity of a lifetime i mean to work with bobby fulton and uh you know the legends that he brings in there from ecw wcw wwe you know nwa i mean it's huge it's definitely a place that you want to put your foot in and pick as many brains as you can you know i mean and I've done so, you know, I, I've, I've been there, I've been backstage with Road Warrior Animal and I, you know, Kevin Sullivan and Sabu, all these guys, you know, and just pick their brain and, um, you know, been out there with them and, uh, let them see what I can do. And, um, you know, a lot of them have been impressed with me. A lot of them have uh, given me advice and a lot of them, a lot of them think, you know, that I can be the next big thing, but, um, you know, in a business that's very cutthroat. You know, you're always striving to be different. You're always striving to, what can I do that's going to get me here? What can I do that's going to get me there? You know, and you, 
you're not going to get there without picking the brains of people who have been there, you know? And, uh, those guys, man, they're the, they're the top notch guys. I mean, you think of Kevin Sullivan, look at how many people he's created, you know, look at the things that he's done. I remember meeting, uh, Mr. Sullivan up at Starcast. And, you know, once you get past the fact that you're talking to Kevin Sullivan, he, he's a great individual to talk to, but that there is that initial intimidation factor. Like, how do you just go walking up to Sabu and strike up a conversation? Well, you know, you got to understand, you know, like the, the little, you know, the, the fan in you, the fan in you is excited. Obviously, you know, you grew up, you watched this guy, you know, you were a fan of him, a fan of his work, but the professional in you you just treat it like it's any, you treat him like he's any other guy, you know, you treat him like he's any other, um, employee. You go up and shake your hand and, um, pick his brain, you know, well, what can we go from here? You know, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, I know who you are. I know what you do. How can we collaborate with each other? You know, one of the nights that I, uh, was booked on the show, me and Sabu were tag team partners. And I mean, how cool is that? You know, it, it was a great experience. So working you, with Sabu. Do you get the opportunity to sit down and be like, okay, what kind of crazy shit do you want to jump off of tonight? Absolutely. You know, I, you know, he, he's a, he's a legend. He's made his name, you know, doing those things. And, you know, I understand that maybe he slowed down just a tad, but at the same time, I mean, it's Sabu, you know, you never know what he's going to pull out of his hat. And, um, you know, I've worked with Sandman and that's another one, you know, I mean, these guys, you know, they can come to a show and they still got it. They still got it. And it's just amazing being in there with them, you know, and they, they see some of the stuff that I do and to have, you know, a guy like Sabu look at me and say that he's impressed with how I work. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a compliment. That's a hell of a pat on the back. You know I mean? I mean, I must be doing something right. You know, one of the things I think would have to be very interesting is the dynamic, you know, between working with the, the old school, you know, maybe a lot of these individuals from world classic big time, you know, in that, in that mentality that we know that they have, as opposed to, you know, a lot of this, the new younger generation that we're working with, because I mean, you hear all the time from people talking about how different locker rooms are. Do you see a difference there? Any, I guess, maybe entertaining stories where maybe both sides don't see eye to eye or there's an imbalance or something like that? I mean, yeah, it's always like that. You know, there's always, uh, you always have the older guys, you know, always back there taking the uh, newer guys under their wing and trying to show them, you know, well, this is cool that you can do this. This is cool that you can do that. But you need to learn how to make sense with some of the things that you're doing. You know, and that, and that's that's one of the issues with pro wrestling today. You know, you got so many athletic guys out there trying to up each other with the moves, with you know their move set and um, their spots. And it's like we we've kind of drifted away from the storytelling, you know, a bit. And it's you know the, you you can still be that athletic guy. You can still do that four fifty. You can still do that shooting star press. You can still do those that triple backflip but makes sense, you know, tell the story, you know, how many storytellers do we have anymore, you know, versus, versus what we had back in the day to now, you know, it, wrestling now is more athletic based. I've, I've never seen so many athletic guys in the business, you know, ever, but I mean, everywhere you go, if you don't have three or four athletic guys 
on the card, <laughs> then I guess you don't have a, a wrestling show in today's day, you know? So, I mean, I, I see these guys do it all the time. And a lot of the new guys, you know, sometimes these new kids, they come in here and it goes in one ear and out the other. I've always tried to be that guy who stayed in the middle, you know? Yes, I, I've come up in the new school. Yes, I do a lot of new school stuff. But at the same time, I have an old school mentality. I was brought up old school too. You know, I want to pick the brains of the old school guys. These guys have been to the top. These guys know what they're talking about. They know the ins and the outs. That's who you want to learn from. It's great learning certain things from new, new guys. It, it, it is. It's great. But at the same time, the older guys are the ones that know how to build the foundation. They're the ones who are going to lay the bricks down and show you how to build yourself up and show you how to make your character that much more, you know, than what, than what you think. And, uh, you know, guys like Sabu, Kevin Sullivan, Bobby Fulton, uh, Cody Hawk, you know, these guys, they know what they're talking about. And, uh, by, by me picking their brains, man, you know, it's gotten, it's got some pretty cool doors opened up for me. I think one of the most classic lines I've ever heard came from Bobby Fulton. It was at a POTV show not so long ago, and he's setting up the ring. And a lot of the younger guys asked him to move the ring because there was a beam in the way. And he said, well, I don't see what the problem is. And they said, well, we need to use the top rope. And Mr. Fulton just said, without missing a beat, he was like, well, what do you need the fucking top rope for? Yeah. And it's just the difference in the mentality, you know, where he came from to what, you know, what we see from the new era. Absolutely. You know, like I, I, I feel like there's a place on the card for everything. There's a place on the show for everything. You know, you don't want to say if I can, if I can go out there and do a shooting star press, but I know that there's two or three other guys on the show that probably are going to do that. Then I don't need to go out there and do that. You know, I can go out there and do some of these moves that these other guys can do but why do I need to go out here and tell the same type of story that they're telling? You know, I'll tell my own story. If there comes to a point where I need to pop that out or do that or use that, then that'd be sometime later on down the road where it makes sense. It doesn't make sense when you got five guys going out there trying to do the same thing or trying to up each other. You know, there's, if I'm a wrestling fan and I'm coming to a wrestling show, I want to see something different in every match. That's what I'm paying my money for, you know? Yeah. You, you may get, you may get a couple matches here and there where, you know, it turned out the same or, or they kind of looked the same, but that's not the goal. You know, you go to an amusement park, you want to ride roller coasters. Every roller coaster is different. That's what you're experiencing. You want to ride every roller coaster because they all have a different experience. A wrestling show, every match should have its own different experience and tell its own different story. And if you can't do that, then you're not doing something right. Very well said. Very well said. Well, Mr. Paul, and I know right now you've got your eye on future great, but in just a little of just a little under a month away, uh, another big show coming up that I know, you know, I'm excited for you're excited for. Of course, I'm talking about battle on the border 10. Uh, this is the first show of the new year for battle on the border. It's, it's a milestone for them. You know, this is, you know, in many ways, a turning point. And, and I know under the BOTB banner, you've promised a new direction for yourself, a refueled energy for Eric Fallen. 
know, obviously you always have that, that hunger for singles championships and success, uh, but you're also looking to dominate the tag division there. Uh, you've aligned yourself probably with the, maybe the only man you trust inside the ring in Ryan McMichaels with so much potential success, you know, just there for the taking. What kind of year can we expect in battle on the border from uh, Eric Fala? Well, I think it's going to be a crazy year. Um, it's definitely going to look different than what it did last year. You know, I, uh, I've been at battle on the border for two years now. And, um, you know, I think hooks is the only real competition I've, re- I've had since I've been there. I mean, I'm not, I'm going to say it like this. There are guys who are talented and they belong there. And then there are guys that they just talk to talk and you got to go in there and you got to do the work for them. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't feel like I've been put out there enough in battle on the border where the fans can see me do what I do. You know, they, they know what Brian Pillman jr. Does. They know what chase Owens does. They know what some of these other guys, they know what Cody Hawk does. You know, they know what hooks does. They've seen these guys perform. They've seen these guys be in matches with other guys that can bring the best out of them. They haven't seen a lot of what Eric fallen can do yet. You know, they saw some of those things that I can do in my match with Hooks. I mean, we went out there, we beat the hell out of each other, and, you know, Hooks earned that. He earned that that night. You know, he was the better man. And, um, you know, I I, I just want to go out there and I want to face the best. You know, that that's it. I don't, I don't want to come and face some guy who he, he's built himself up to be this talented guy. He's built himself up to be you know, this marquee guy. And then I go out there and then it's, um, it's not, it's not what the fans want it. It's not what I want it. And it, it just turns out to be one of those built up movies, but then you go to see it and all oh, this movie sucks. You know what I mean? Like put me in there with a chase Owens, put me in there with a Brian Pillman jr. Put me in there with these guys. I mean, I can go, man. I'm very athletic. I've done this for a long time. I know what I'm doing. You know, I can give you five-star matches. I can give you main event matches. But, you know, i kind of gotten screwed the last few times I've been there by a Brandon Xavier and his little goons. So, you know, that that's who's running the show right now. That That's who their champion is, is the wannabe athletes. So, you know, I'm going to focus on another direction. You know, I want to build the tag team division up. I feel like tag team tag teams are just kind of like a lost art in certain promotions. Like it truly is. I mean, if you go back into the day, tag teams used to dominate, you know, every territory you had, you had great tag teams everywhere. And I I think that's a lost art. I think certain places you have, you know, a good tag team division, but what happened to tag teams being just as good as the, you know, singles, you you don't see that a lot anymore. And uh, with Ryan Michaels, you know, he's, he's underrated. Very, very hidden gem, man. Very special. I mean, the guy can get in there and he can do some things. And, uh, I've, you know, for me and him to align ourselves together, I think it's going to be a good thing for the tag team division. I think we're going to go into this tag team tournament, and I think we're just going to cut through it like a hot knife through butter. I think we're going to go through here, and we're going to take out this tag team, take out that tag team. I mean, line them up. We're going to knock them down, man. I mean, we have two great talents coming together. And uh, I think Battle on Border is in for a treat. I'd say with that hunger, it looks like, you know, you're, you're 
it's just a matter of when success when when you grab it. You're talking about that tag team tournament. You know, I can I can already see it. You know, you and Michael's the top guns. You're going to be looking across that ring uh, against your old adversary, Cody Hawk, Sean Casey, the five. Hey man, hey man. We don't care if it's the five most wanted. We don't care if it's the Bullet Club. We don't care who it is. We don't care what promotion it is. We don't care. You know, we know what we can do. We know what we can bring to the table. We just want the best. That's all we want. You know that. I mean, that's what this business is all about, isn't it? You you get in this business to learn from the best to compete against the best and to beat the best, to become the best. That's what this business is about. And that's all I want. You know, that's all Ryan wants. That's all we want. Just feed us the best and we will give you a show like you've never seen. You know, I mean, you, you got old school, you got new school and you got it all working together, man. I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. If you book it right. You know, you talk about the best, and and I guess this kind of brings us to an issue that myself and Rick were discussing shortly before we had you on the phone here today, and that brings us to one Mr. Dean Ambrose. You know, we're hearing a lot of speculation that Ambrose is going to be leaving the WWE. Huckleberry over here, he's trying to convince everybody that he's got inside sources, which we know is just a bunch of crap. Mr. Fallett, I got to ask you, if, if, if John Moxley is to return to the Ohio independent wrestling scene, I'm sure that's somebody that you wouldn't mind stepping into the ring with. Well, I've been backstage with Moxley a few times, and um, I don't know him as well as others do, but I, I, know, I know of him, and I know uh, some of the advice that I was given from him a long, long, long time ago. But... Um, yeah, man, it's exciting, you know? I mean, if you take a look around the wrestling world, I mean, look at, how, look at everything that's popping up now. I mean, there's so much potential for everybody. You know, guys who have been working their ass off for a long time and, and, and want a break, you know? They may get that break. They may finally get that break. You know, you got AEW, um, you know, coming onto the scene, getting ready to open up doors, getting ready to offer jobs. I mean... You got WWE, who's going to be looking for people. You got NXT, who's going to need people. You got New Japan, you know. You got all these promotions. Ring of Honor is going to need new people. I mean, and then you got, you know, Ambrose. You know, he's looking to do more. He's looking He's looking for that passion again. He's looking to go somewhere where, you know, he can find his passion again. I mean, I like what he's done in, you know, in WWE. I, li- I like the things that he's done and when what he's become, but... Dean wants to be Mox and you know, if Mox wants to come to Ohio and he wants to come through here and go from territory to territory, then so be it. You know, I mean, hell his trainers down here at uh, FGW, you know, Cody Hawk and uh, John, they have a history with each other. You know, they have a rival history. They have a friendship history. You know, I, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to see. It's hard for me to, um, see if Mox comes down to Ohio, why would he not come to FGW? Why would he not go to a battle on the border? You know, I mean, these are places that are on the rise. I mean, hell, you might even see Moxley in war. You never know. I mean, he, he, he can go anywhere he wants to, but I know that, uh, with future great wrestling coming onto the scene and with the waves that it's been making, 
and you got Cody Hawk, you got Eric Fallen, you got Hooks, you got all these guys down there. I mean, I think I think it's kind of like in the future plans of uh, once Mox becomes available, we're going to try to get our hands on him. So come on down, John. Mr. Fallen, we'd like to thank you very, very much for joining us today. Why don't you tell the people how to follow you on social media and what you have coming up? Because I know shortly before we started recording today, we had an announcement from you regarding New Ohio Wrestling. Yes, um, March 2nd and March uh, 3rd, I'll be making my um, New Ohio Wrestling debut at the uh, Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio. Um, You know, February 23rd, Battle on the Border 10. Uh, the top guns are going to debut and we're going to take that tag team division by storm, you know, March 16th, world class at big time wrestling, um, world championship, big time wrestling. I'm sorry, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, Bobby Fulton, I'll be down there in Chillicothe, Ohio, taking on, um, I think his name's the Irish giant, uh, Paxton Calloway. I think his name is, I'll be competing against him, which he's, He's something to look at. If you if you ever heard of Paxton Callaway, the Irish Giant, take a look at him, man. He's he's awesome. He's quite impressive. Um, he he really is, man. If that guy don't get signed in the next few years, then something's wrong. <laughs> um, future great wrestling tomorrow night, Hamilton, Ohio, bell time seven thirty. And uh, you want to find me? You can find me on Facebook at Eric Fallen eighty two, or on Twitter at Eric Fallen eighty two. Mr. Fallen, thank you so much for joining us today. Keep in touch. Hopefully, we'll have a chance to talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We're all living in America, America. It's wonderful. We're all living in America, America, America. We're all Richtig.